Welcome to Eagle Nation. Don't forget to join us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter so you never miss an episode. Okay, I've never believed in the phrase an honourable loss, but does it exist? Was the game against the Tigers just that or was it a glimmer of hope? Uh, We'll talk about that in this week's episode, but before I do, I welcome Dan and Wayne. How you going, boys? Good, thanks. Going well. Yeah, good to be here. So was it an honourable loss? Is there such a thing or did we see glimmers of hope? There's no honourable losses. Oh, from the first half of the season, I think there is a little bit there. More respectability, I think, is a better word for it, you know. Is just, when you're getting smashed by 100 points almost every week and then you mm. push some uh, team that people are already saying could be a premiership threat on their home ground, I, I like that. And we'll obviously go through the stats in the game a bit later, but things have gone our way. It was actually a game we could have actually won, so... Mm. Yep, we'll get into that in a sec. Um, you just said stats, so I want to give you some useless ones. Jack Darlin played in his 250th, and he becomes only the 10th Eagle to do so. So the only other guys are Embley, Matera, uh, Banfield, Kennedy, McKenna, Glass, Jakovic, Dean Cox, and Shannon Hearn. And um, it's only once in his career that he's played uh, less than 20 games in a season. Mm. So he's pretty durable. Very uh, there's only six guys above him that have kicked more goals since he started. And this is another useless stat. For players that play in their first game and somebody's played in the 250th, it's happened three times at the Eagles. Chad Fletcher with Guy McKenna in 95, uh, 99. Uh, Josh Smith, I think he only played two games for the Eagles. Yep. And Shannon Hearn in 2019. And Zane True and Darling last week. Mm, very good. So do you want any more useless stats? Because <laughs> I've got a heap of them this week. I've got a heap of them, right? So I'm just going to bring them out. So West Coast and Richmond, they equaled an AFL-VFL record for the most Indigenous goal scorers in a game. And there was eight. So there was uh, Daniel Rioli, Morris Rioli, Willie Rioli, Shane Edwards, Shea Bolton, Tim Kelly, Marlon Pickett and Liam Ryan. Brisbane's the only other team that's done it. And for WA people, there was 14 players that were WA basic kick goals. Mm. So they're just useless stats, so they might come in handy at a trivia night somewhere. (laughs) Two for the people who who bag Jack Darling out there, you don't get many guys that play centre forward their whole career like he's done. Look, he's done a bit of full forward, I know, but and when you average nearly 40 goals a season – there's not, you know, Wayne Carey is the greatest player I've seen. He used to average about 60, 60 odd goals a season, and he's the greatest centre forward. And Jack's averaging forty, and he's only about the third. I think he, I, I looked up. He's the third top centre half forward goal average in the, in his career. And I think that's a great. And the people that want to trade him. Oh you know, yeah, but the people that want to trade him are the, the same people that want to sack the coach. Yeah, watch they the wanna, game. They want to give yeah. Kelly back, or yeah, they're, they're the same people just. Don't think, well, you know, they they blurt, blurt stuff out and then they go, oh, what did I say? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, Jack Darlin has got currency as a trade, but why would you do it? No. Especially when you've got Josh Kennedy coming to retirement. Yeah. Um, he's there for the next four years with Oscar mm. Allen, Waterman, Williams, as we've spoken in podcasts before. So, look, um, yeah, I, I don't give much, much oxygen to those pe- sort of people. Mm. 
Now, let's get into the game. Richmond, they ran out winners by, what was it, 35 points, 20 goals, 8 to 13 goals, 15. Um, there were some big injuries in the game. Basically, around the same time, Dustin Martin with a hammy and Elliot Yo with a hammy. And I think today they said he's only it's only a minor hamstring. Yeah, he escaped the worst of it. They're saying about three weeks for him, which mm, yeah, three good result. The good 21 result. days. Once yeah. it was... A four or five week one, you, it, that was the season done. Yeah. Like you wouldn't risk him there, not for two games or even no. three games at the end. But if you can play a month of good footy before season end, I think when you haven't had that many runs in your leg like Yo has the last few years, I reckon it's definitely worth trying to get him back on the park. He'll want to play. There's oh, no yeah. question. Oh, he yeah, you're telling his face. Yeah. He was like pissed off. He's gone, not again, but the determination, he'll just want to get back. Before we get into individual um, stats and all that, the Eagles won the clearances 45 to 31. They also won the contested possession count 131 to 112, and they had more inside 50s, 57 to 53, but they had equal amount of shots of goals, 28. So the Eagles were probably a bit wasteful there at goals, mm. and they're usually pretty, pretty good with accuracy. But last time we met, we, we were smashed by 109 goals. Tom Lynch. Points. Uh, sorry, did I say goals? It seemed like 109 Jeez. goals. Yeah, well, um, Tom Lynch booted seven that night for the Tigers, but he had no impact on the game. No. And I, I know you want to, as a backman, you want to talk about Tom Brass. So I think he, he did a sterling job, didn't he? Oh, that's one of the best individual performances I've seen of a defender in a game, let alone in our club, because. As you guys know, my, my big thing is when you play defence, your first job is to defend your player because I'm, I'm a bit old school. And his defence on, on Lynch was outstanding. He, I mean, he ran with him up the wing. He ran with him everywhere. He spoiled him. He did everything. He got outmarked a couple of times, but, you know, that, that, that happens. But his – and he took marks himself. His display was – and like I said during in, – in a lot of the um, TNG – you know, if that was JK who kicked five, he would have got top votes. Now, you had a guy there who played because he played full back and did an enormous job and stopped a guy who kicked, who could have kicked 10 last time we played, and they played, played on Harry Edwards, I think, most of the time. Uh, held him to really no impact on the game. Um, I just think he did a fantastic job, a great game. And Brass was the only player on the ground to have 100% efficiency mm. for the game. Um, he, he only had 11 possessions, but it wasn't about the amount of possessions he got. It was about curbing the influence yeah. of um, Lynch. And what did Lynch end up with? He ended uh, up Only with, the two goals. He got two goals, but he only yeah. had six yeah. kicks for the game. Yeah. No, I've always said, like, if it's three goals to a star forward, you pick and choose the other impact of the game to who won. Yeah. But uh, two goals, yeah, I'm with Wayne. Brass definitely won that contest, and it was great at um, – Basically kept us in the game. We couldn't allow one of their forwards to kick away or it would have been a very nasty night. Um, and as I said, we just went through uh, the scores and stuff. And, yeah, like, it shows. You went through the stats. We won clearances. We won inside 50s. It was the same amount of scoring shots, you know. The so, turnovers were the ones that killed us. Goals. That is always Goals from turnovers. game, yeah. And I think Richmond had 14 and we got nine from turnovers. So... It wasn't a big difference, but they killed you at certain stages when it happened. Um, and I want to bring up this because we spoke to this off air um, when the game was on. The umpire, Matthew James, the board a guy, he should be banned for this week. Mm. I'm not just saying because it's Eagles stuff, but some of the decisions 
that he was making through that game. The umpiring is just getting worse. And if you can pick Marlon Pickett for a hold on a jumper, but you can't see Luke Shuey getting howled at every stoppage, mm. there's something wrong. Yeah. And you, everyone could see it. You see it on TV. You know what I mean? And at the ground, if you're on the ground, you would have seen it. You're the umpire in a stoppage and you can't see Shuey getting howled every time. Mm. It, it was – and little, little free kicks. Nick Natanui and Solder having a wrestle. They were going to go to ground regardless of who went to ground. So if Soldo had taken Nick Natanui to the ground, would we got a 50-metre penalty for that? No. I bet you we didn't. No. We wouldn't. But it was a – Changed the free I, kick, they that, got a goal. I thought that was and we rude. were nine points behind at that time. That was a terrible decision, I thought. Yeah, especially when you looked at the replay. Uh, Nanui laid a good solid tackle. Um, they Both players got up and walked off and then Soto ran in from behind and actually engaged Nanui mm, from behind. Yeah. So it was one of those things where you haven't punished the instigator, you've punished the stronger player. So anything like that. And um, it was funny you mentioned, I didn't really want to talk about the umpires, but you sucked me in there, was I? Because I remember one straight after the picket one, right? There was uh, Petroselli was the exact same thing, holding uh, the forward line. Because he's got pace, they knew like we can't let him go. Mm. And that one was like a tent. They had the bloody thing, and it was for ages. He didn't let go. It wasn't a subtle pull. It was like he was holding on to it as he was trying to run away and didn't get the free kick, um, which was horrible to see. But um, enough about the umpires. I liked, and thank God too, because someone I've been critical of, Jones is finally playing that bit more of that consistent footy, yeah, which I've been asking for. Because as I said, the talent has always been there. I've never denied that. You know, He's got pace, mm. but he faded in and out of games Way too often, and since he settled down back, I'm start. I've warmed to that. I like it, and um, I, I can forgive a couple of turnovers if you're attacking the play from the back line. Mm. I know it hurts when they kick goals on you, mm. but sometimes that actually creates a lot of goals too. Yeah. Taking it on, which we've seen the last few weeks. So he's one player that stats wise we wouldn't really see. And you know me, I love my stats, but more just in the general play and watching him, yeah. he's really becoming consistent the last month. And he's another one that we probably won't talk about much because he didn't have this massive game. But what he is doing, I'm really liking now. And I hope he just doesn't fall away again because that's the only one critique I have of Jones is mm. that he falls away in games. Like. Well, he's got, he's got to start maturing. And hopefully yeah. this is – he's getting good game time now. and He's getting good minutes. And he's just doing his usual um, um, off the bench, on the bench, like they all do, their minutes. But he's really um, – like he's giving us that dash that we have and, and he especially runs through the middle. And that's what teams are doing now. And if you, if you want to compete with them, I mean, you look at our scores there. Our second quarter was a, probably a shocker, but we lost. We only lost the last half by a point, 50, yep. 58 to fifty-seven. We lost that by a point. So, as Simo uh, said, little wins, mate. Yeah. So it's really, um, and I agree with Dan. I mean, Dan, you said too uh, at the start. You know, it's a lot of missed chances. You look, we kicked eight goals. We're eight goals, nine in that second half. Hit two posters. And they kick, yeah, and they kick nine goals, uh, nine goals four. Mm. You know, seventeen shots to thirteen. If we converted, you know, and we're usually good know? at converting. So, yeah. but yeah. Hey, the pleasing thing was we got more inside fifty. So that's yeah. a good thing. Uh, look, we look a better team with Nick Nat Nui in it, don't we? Oh, um, three goals. I oh, know he didn't get three goals. I've got that down wrong. He had nineteen touches, seven marks, three tackles, six clearances, five score involvements. 380 metres gain for a, a Ruckman and uh, 26 hit-outs. He did get a goal, though. It was, actually uh, it was one a, goal, a snap, yeah. but it was really far out. It was, it was a floater. It was left but footers, it was like, wasn't it? You, yeah, you didn't expect ah. that from Nick. Um, the, 
that in itself is a great, great game. But the flowing effect he has to that yeah. midfielders, Shuey had what eleven clearances, nine clearances. Yeah, he had eleven clearances. Yep. Okay. Sorry, I'm, I won't steal all your thunder. But again, he just looks so clean in there. Mm. And after that game, he's back as ranked elite mm. with centre clearances again yeah. after that game. And it's because Nick and that knew he's in there. Like the influence the midfielders around him have is mm. unbelievable. Um, Shuey Shuey played. The old conventional cinnamon. Mm. He didn't go out of the square because he only had one inside fifty. Yeah, and he he just he. I was watching the game and he was just in that square the whole time. Maybe that's his his role and, now because of his hamstrings. It was brilliant, man. Yeah. Um, and he, he didn't. You know, the media didn't really touch on him after the game. They were talking about other people that were going to bring up, but twenty six touches, six score involvements, and like you said, eleven clearances. Six of them were from the center. Mm. So. If you're going to park him in there and play like that, play that game every yeah. every game, do it. Um, Mate, I know you're going to mention one player, but I, I've got to mention one, this guy because I've been so critical of him for 18 months now, and you guys <laughs> knew I'm talking about because I reckon when he got his last contract, he, ha- he hasn't yep. performed. But his last three weeks, and it's great to see Jamie Cripps back to how what he used to be, and and I'll stand by what I said because before then he has. N- he, he, oh, to me, he was very lucky to even get a game for the last oh, yeah, 18 well, months. I, I, I agree 100% but with His you. last three games have been outstanding. I don't know whether it's his new haircut or it's fatherhood at home. And I know his wife, and look, to be here too, I know his wife's been, uh, has had a, a health issue. And so he's probably had a lot more on his mind than football. But to his credit, I, and I take my hat off to him, he's. Yeah, you know, his game on the weekend was outstanding. Game last week was outstanding. He's coming back to that match winner we need on that. Six hundred and thirty nine metres gain. Mm, yeah. So that was a top for the year for him. Yeah. Um like you said, nine square involvements. He had a few I think eleven inside fifties as well. Yeah. From um memory. 20, um four touches, three goals. Yeah, he marks. was everywhere. And like I said, gut running. Mm. Um I had a friend that was at the game and said he ran, but one of our other half forwards didn't run. And that was Willie Rioli. Mm. And he was exposed a few times. But Willie did those things that only Willie can do, you know yeah. what I mean? I thought he had his own. But just the defensive side of some of those smaller forwards, um, we just need to brush up on a little bit more, I reckon. And uh, it's coming along. Glimmers of hope, as we said. You do, like, this is, This sounds a bit negative, but you do cop that a yeah. bit with sometimes with these X-Factor yeah. players. Uh, yeah. Higgins is similar for Saints, except he's a lot worse. He doesn't tackle either. Like no. his defensive game is deplorable. So oh, I'm not talking about yeah, two way running. Non-existent. I'm talking about yeah, exactly. Mm. But they kick the goals, you know. And Willie's mm. a bit like that. So he's not there for his best because they'll even put him in bounce downs. Mm. So center, you know, yep. clearances. They'll put him in there. He won't play midfield, but they'll put him yeah. just for that center clearance because he is that offensive type of player. He's a burst player. Yeah, exactly. Mm. But even as this game as a whole, sometimes it's not. You've, you haven't lost because of what you've done wrong. Mm. The other teams wins because of what they've done right. So we, we touched on the goal kicking in that. Realistically, they were just kicking goals that they wouldn't convert mm. all the time. Yeah, they're like, and to me, yeah, that, that was like a lot of the way. difference yeah. too. So I couldn't fault them. We touched on Barras, and I agree 100% he played so well. Jones running off the half back in there. There was so many, there was so many things done right in that game, mm. but they just – when they had their opportunities – they just 
capitalise. And they, as I said, they were kicking goals they normally wouldn't kick. You know, 50-50 chances, they just converted. They yeah. had one out of the blocks kind of thing. And to me, that's really w- what what saved them that game. So getting right, right back to beginning, there's glimmers of hope. You, you do see that now. Yep. You, you do see that the glass half full of this season as a whole. Like, what do you think of Bazo? Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a massive fan yeah. of Bazo. To me, I've been big on Bazo from yep. the day we drafted him, right? Yep. Because I know what his dad was like as a footballer. Yeah. And he's got the same traits. The one thing in that game, he he probably – Jack probably beat him overall. Yeah. But he learned so much. Mm. And Jack – and I don't know if you've seen the vision where he was mic'd up. Yeah. yeah. And he's just running off him yeah. and running off. And, you know, Jack got a few breaks away and that, that happens in football – but he'll come out of that game thinking, now that's what I don't have to do all the time because I know he's going to get sucked in. I know he's going to do this. And to me, this is why I think I floated to you, do you move Gov when he comes back at the end of the year and give him a stand-up forward? Oh, I definitely no, would. No. You, you don't no? take an all-star no. backman no. to have a mediocre forward. No. That sounds like, but what about Hoff? Because oh, just quickly, this is just quickly. Last, off names yeah. there. The last week on the podcast, we said Diamond yeah. the Rough. Um, and he and I've noticed it. His first half's a brilliant. He fades out, mm. um, but it's because he's running so hard. Yeah. And I think we've a lot of people sit there and have a go about Gaff, and he's not a very fast runner. And people go, teams go for him and expose him. But if we get somebody like Cough on the other side mm. and free up Gaff somewhere else. I think we're looking at a future on our wingers. Like I would, I'd like to see Hoff on one wing, Petrocelli on another wing. I think you look with Hoffy too. You know what I mean? Petr- Hoff, his kicking is mm. is sublime, and yet, like we said last week, Wayne, you got to take your hat off to the recruiters for picking a guy out of country football, yeah, and playing him seven, risking other teams seeing him seven games in the peel last year, um, mate. He's you. You watch him after two full pre seasons. You mean, you, yep. you got to remember, then these kids get drafted, they come into the club and they're on a limited pre-season. They're not on – they don't go into the full pre-season like everyone else is doing. They go into a – because they, 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 haven't come, they haven't had the workloads that these other guys have had. You give him another two to three years workload what he's had on his pre-season, I, I guarantee you in three, four years he'll be, he'll be in those top half a dozen um, centre-line players and not in our club but in the competition. Yep. 20 possessions and 10 marks. Yeah. And he's doing a lot of that in a quarter. Yeah. So last week yeah. it was the first quarter. So I agree. Once he gets that, the cardio up, the fitness up, the endurance oh, up in pre-seasons, yeah. he's going to be star. So just quickly, because there was a point to this. Uh, true, you know, very quiet first half he gets a game. Brilliant third. What, mm. 12 and a goal. Got he it. played real great. But, what, but you know the reason why? Because they put him in the guts. He's a midfielder. Mm. He's an in-under f- midfielder. In the first quarter, they had him on half forward. He's not a half oh, forward. I did see him in the guts a bit in the first. Yeah, I think it, I think the moment got. To, but I'm saying as a positive, like he got, he came into the game and played a great yeah. game, in my opinion. But my point is that was just three young players because it was actually supposed to be quick. That just in that game came. Mm. So we are seeing something. They're not this like the flashy ones. They're going to get noticed over and over. But as a supporter, you see that. 
So already there's these three young players in there. So suddenly the future looks bright. That's where the glimmer of hope is. Mm. We're pushing teams that they're saying is contending, but we're doing it bringing in these young players. But in that too, you chuck in like – Jake Waterman's not an old player. Jake yeah. Waterman's still a young man. He's, what, he's only about 23 years of age, I think. He's showing now those consecutive pre-seasons and the consecutive games are starting to enfold for him now. And and you've got other uh, younger – I'm trying to sort of think off the top of my head – younger guys that are – are going through that um, in in the team. Uh, yeah, Brass is still only twenty three. Still only a young man. Oh yeah, yeah. We got a we got good young players, but I hope in the next couple of weeks we keep those three young guys in. Yeah, you know, unless they need a bit of a spell where they you know can't keep up or, or whatever. But I hope they keep them. Well, in. we're there to shape the eight. We're not going to make finals, and we're there to give exposure to some guys like True. Um, we said it last week on the podcast. Yeah. They need to play him, and they play him. Mm. Um, so now they've played everyone on the list except Chesser. Yeah. So who knows? From more reports, he's training in the house down. Yeah. So people are saying that Cole could come back in, Chesser could come back in. Yeah. But that was a tinfoil hat moment when they didn't use a second pick in the draft. Yeah. Well, mm. that's what they're thinking. But before we get on to the rest of the next um, bounce down and another segment, I want to come up with. We haven't spoken about a guy that's been smashed by fans from the Eagles and smashed from other fans of other teams. He played his best game in the blue and gold, and that was Tim Kelly. Um, 40 touches, two goals, 17 contested, uh, 10 score involvements, nine clearances, 516 metres gain, five inside 50s. And that was just magical to watch. Yeah. And, you know, everyone's having to go at, oh, um, well, he hasn't done this, but when you get the players around him and he can float in between half forward and in the guts, he's going to be damaging, man. Yeah. Well, Dan, Dan and me have said this so many times on on this podcast is that we think he's he was it was a great I think it was a great deal what we got for him. Look, I know we lost things, whatever, but everyone's got to remember when we bought him in, we just won a flag. And we brought him in to help Yo, Redden, Shuey yep. in the in the guts. And he was going to be that fourth player that we go, now, who predicted a pandemic? Who predicted Yo to have um, osteopathy? Yep. Who predicted Luke Shuey to have multiple hamstring injuries? But Kelly's, and Nick Nat. Yeah, out. and who predicted Nick, uh, yeah, another half a season out yep. this year. But Kelly has stuck to his guns and to me, He's been worth every cent we've got him, as and far as I'm concerned. his housemate, they wax off each other. Mm. I see JJ kicks to him a bit. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that they wax, so he looks for him. Yeah, yeah, but when was the last time we've seen a midfielder have a statistically a game like that? Oh, I can't I can, remember. I can't yeah. remember. So is it, and the thing I hate, because it suits their narrative, they never say what picks we did in that trade. Mm. They say what round. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because we had to pay lots of picks because they weren't good picks. Mm. I think it was – off and the top of my head, this could be wrong. But I think it was like a pick 14, pick 18. Mm. They don't say pick 14, pick 18. They say something like two first-round picks. Yeah. Because that sounds a lot worse. Dylan Shill was two top ten picks. Mm. And would you rather Dylan Shill or Kelly? Mm. You would pick Kelly. Every day Easy. of the week. You know, like – you see this all the time, like Weller, but they had to overpay for Weller, so that's mm. a bit different. It was a pick two. So we gave up a second-round pick and two. Well, I can tell you exactly. I'll tell you exactly what we gave up, right? So pick 14 we gave up, which Geelong ended up using. They got Cooper Stevens. He's played four games of football. Who's he? Yeah. Right? Uh, pick 24 we gave up. 
that ended up with Gold Coast. They picked up Jeremy Sharp. So he's probably one of the guys that we probably would have looked at because he's a WA boy, right? But he's played minimal games. Pick 33 ended up going to Essendon. And that was for Nick Bryan, the Ruckman. He's played four games. Mm. And then pick 18 the next year, which is Ryan Angwin, and he's yet to play. So that's – and out of that, we got Callum Jamison because we got pick 49 back. So we got him back. Was it Jamison? Yeah, pick 49 we got Callum Jamison. Okay. so good pick-up. So that was with the pick that we got sent back. So in all of those – some of those – if you're going to have a go about the trade, wait – Another five, six years and see if Jeremy Sharp, Nick Bryan, Cooper Steven and Ryan Engwin become household names. Mm. See, it's not even the you know players, I mean? it's the, the picks because we yeah. could have picked different players. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. It's the, whenever, whenever you hear about it, do you, and pump my own horn up, 14, 18, I nailed it. I'm, yeah. pretty, I'm pretty happy with that. I got it. <laughs> but I always used to say you got two players that and I used to throw Wiverton in because we got him in a trade later yep. and it was a later pick. So I yeah. just throw that up just to bring it um, some sense to it. So it wasn't a straight swap. We also got a pick that – so we've basically got two players in our squad right now from it. But again, it's like – it's just – it suits their narrative to call it two first rounds. That, that's media for you. And a lot of the time they – they keep saying it's three first rounds. I don't know if you've known that too. Or three first rounds. Like, no, it was two and a second and then a swap of yep. picks. Yep. So to me, it's like I- I'm happy with the deal. I'm glad we made the deal. Mm. I'm with you, Wayne, 100%. I like it was always going to happen. So, But that's just a media narrative. They've got to spin it their way. Um, before we get on to some of the Tigers, can't go without saying that. It's Daniel Rioli played probably one of his best games off half back. Mm. 28, he went down and did he kick one or two goals. Jaden Short, he's doing really good. He, he's a rookie pick. And Marlon Pickett, he, he was pretty good up forward. He was their best forward up forward. Yeah. Um, he's got these skills about him. and um, But I think he's out of contract at the end of the year. Mm. Um, and no one's really talking about it because they're talking about um, Baker. Yeah. Um, I thought Baker was pretty average for it's the probably, whole game. It's probably his, um, slow, it's probably his least – uh, productive game. I've so I've watched. I know I watch nearly every week, yep. and that's probably his least productive game. But I think Rioli has. Uh, yeah, uh, and Daniel Daniel Rioli, he's come alive since he's gone the halfback. That's, oh yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a masterstroke yeah, coaching move. And I don't know if you guys have. Um, if anyone's listened to back chat, if you have, good on you. But listen to Eagle Nation first. Um, Scoey um, said that. We, there was a free kick paid because of dissent from the bench. bench. Did you yeah. hear about it? Yes. Yeah, I was watching on the game. Is that a oh, – I forgot about that. I meant to ask you, is that a rule? Can they do yeah, that yeah, from the bench? Happened, it's happened a few, few yeah. times. Okay. So at first they thought it was a runner, but it wasn't Marso. It was a player. And he basically said – and it was directed at Shuey. And he, and the, um, the players basically said, he's hanging on to him, you see. Hmm. And that's why he gave – the, mm. the free kick. So for the people that wanted to know why the free kick was paid at that time, that's a reason. It was probably worth it. And um, <laughs> no, I thought it was. Qu- I thought it was quite. And fun. it was at the Matthew yeah. James, the umpire, yeah. and, and that, that just summed the whole game up. Yeah. But anyway, um, let's quickly before we talk about bounce down. Did you guys watch the WA under 18s versus? I, uh, Victoria? I certainly didn't. Uh, yeah, I did because I tell you, what, I missed the waffle this week. I yeah. really did. Yeah. So I did actually watch it and. Um, was, Can I talk about a player or do you want to go through the game first? Well, I'll, I'll go quickly through the game. Like, Victoria won by 27 points. But at halftime, he was sitting there going, how is Victoria going to get back into this game? Because um, they own the first quarter. Western Australia own the second quarter. In the third quarter, I don't think West 
than Australia turned up. They kicked eight unanswered goals and some of the – you hear about some of the players that are going to get picked up and I, I took notice of Will Ashcroft and in that third quarter he, he turned it on. But for the WA guys and you'd see on Eagle Nation on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter, I'll do a draft series every now, there's a guy that trained at the Eagles at the start of the year called Elijah Hewitt. And he was best on ground. Um, you, you saw the game, Dan. What, what do you think? Yeah, well, that's the one player I wanted to talk about because he was always touted as a first-round draft pick, possibly a top-10 draft pick. Now, before this game, they apparently had a scratch match game and he dominated that game. He came out and he wasn't just best on ground in the, the game on the weekend. He was, um, I mean, the best player in our side. He was the best player on the ground. Ground, yeah. He had 29 disposals and two goals, but he was silky smooth and he is quick. And Ashcroft is supposed to be by far the number one pick. Um, Elijah looked, uh, Hewitt looks like the better player. He He clearly looked like the better player. It reminded me of years ago, Daniel Rich got picked up uh, by Brisbane Lions. But Freo had the top, the third pick, right? Yep. So Daniel was an easy, safe bet. Mm. But they saw highlights um, in Hill. He was quicker. He was better by foot. Yep. Not as big a kick, but piercing by yep. foot, if that you know what I mean. same as Nick's. Yeah, same as Nick's Same draft. year's draft. Yes, you know? yes, yeah. yes. So we went, they mm. went Hill. And I think, obviously, Hill's not playing anymore, you know, soft tissue injuries with these quick plays. But that was the right decision to make. So they didn't go the Daniel Rich, who was more durable and solid, and what you see is what you get. Yeah. And to me, that's what the difference between Hewitt and Ashcroft is. I think with Ashcroft, he's Bigger than a lot of the boys. He's playing actually when you you you're not in height, but he's like solid, muscly. So size so Elijah. Yeah, Hewitt. and he plays. Yeah, but Hewitt looks skinnier and taller. I thought. I thought Ashcroft looks solid, and when, with these solid players, when they're playing against boys, they always play better. Yep. So to me, I reckon Hewitt's got a bigger ceiling. Mm. So I thought not only is this kid a first round top ten, he could be the one we're targeting. I would not be surprised if we get pick two or pick three. Let's be honest, Kangaroos have definitely got picked one sewn up. They're mm. playing probably. If he's the name called out, and I would actually be happy. I, I, I'd be picking him. Yeah. Like, I, the I, talent I put, he had. I put that on uh, Facebook and Instagram before the game, that this is a guy I'd be looking at because, you know, Will Ashcroft, number one, we, we're probably not going to get number one or he's going to go to Brisbane, whatever. But he's a, a guy. And quickly before we finish on it, there's another guy called Reuben Gibney and he played in the guts. He's an East Perth boy. Um, he's another guy I reckon we might look at later in the draft. And <laughs> just there's someone about this kid. He reminds me of the, um, Angus Sheldrake, you know, that got, we thought we, Eagles would have a look at from mm. Claremont last year and up at Sydney. Um, he's one to look out for. Um, the Ruck Jewel, a lot was made about the Ruck Jewel because of Jackson Broadbent being the premier the well, the best ruck in the um, competition, but he got he got caned by um, a guy called Hudson O'Keefe. I happen to know Hudson's old man. He used to play footy with him, um, and didn't realise it was him. So he played a really good game of football. And for Victoria, Matthew Jefferson seven goals. He was unbelievable. 
Yeah, we're not. Oh, I hope we don't go for forwards because no, no. you touched on Darling. You know, we've got Waterman, Allen to come back next year. You got the smallers in Ryan and uh, Rioli, and um, we're very high on Jack Williams, who he, he actually has played a game, but it was against the Ruse when we had to have top ups and we had to pay whatever was on the list. But he looks like a good sort too. So I, I don't think we go for the. Um, any forwards? No, no. I'll just I just think we, that he yeah. had a great game. Oh yeah, they definitely had a yeah. great game. But I just think we just target Ruckman and midfielders and get a few and just see which ones. You know, what is it? Throw them in, see which ones float. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're targeting running midfielders, yeah. hard running Fast midfielders. Runs, yeah. That's, they're, well, they're, they're targeting. Well, pace. you look at Hewitt and uh, Gibney. Uh, they're, they're two that you'd be looking at for me. Um, and there was a guy. I know he's a forward, but if he had a kick straight in the third, second quarter, it would have been all over in Cole. He had two goals, four in uh, quarter football, and some of them were easy misses. So, But anyway, Western Australia play South Australia next, I think, or it might be a bit country. Um, let's get in to talk about Bounce Down. It's Bounce Down. All right, Eagles versus Carlton this week on Sunday, 2.40pm at Optus Oval. It's live on KO Fox and Channel 7. Um, Carlton are coming off a 15-point loss against the Saints. I think everyone was shocked about that. They're 10 wins, 5 losses and 5th on the ladder. If they win, they can entrench themselves in the top four because a lot of the top eight are playing again, mm. uh, playing each other. Um, but the Eagles can be one of these teams that shapes the eight. Yeah. So um, if you're a Carlton fan, you're probably not too confident coming over here. They've uh, met 47 times, Eagles 26 wins to Blues 21. Biggest winning margin for West Coast is 116 points in 2003 and the Blues is 119 points back in 2001, back at Princess Park, as it used to be called, mm-hmm. which is now Icon Park, I think, Yep. Uh, where they play a lot of the AFLW. Um yeah, look, you wouldn't want to be a Carlton supporter. I'll quickly go through the injured list. Uh, Eagles, Dixon's a test. Langdon's probably a week away. LAEO, as we said, uh, it's only a 21-day hammy, it looks like. Um, McGovern sees a surgeon tomorrow, and they'll work out if he's going to play this year or not. Apparently, uh, he's responded pretty good. So he could be back in a couple of weeks. Um, and Sheed's been... Omitted for the rest of the year. Yeah, which is a good thing. One game for the year. So disappointing for yeah. Sheed. But, yeah, we said this at the beginning of the year with Alan. Um, it, if they're not right, don't play them. It's not a year. Mm. We're not playing finals. We're not pushing yeah. for a premiership. There's no reason to have players carrying injuries into the preseason. Very important preseason. But I'm going out there. We're going to win this game. Continue. Well, before we get into winning, Carlton's injury list. Now, they've got a lot of defenders out. So... I'm going to quickly go through the tests. Fogarty could be playing this week. Jack Martin could be back with a test on a calf. And Weetering's probably the obvious one coming in uh, for tests. But then they've got guys out that Ed Kerno, he's a week. Sam Durden's a week. Mitch McGovern's still three weeks. Um, Pitney or Pitnet, the Ruckman, he's still two weeks. Zach Williams. So got a bit of class out, but they've been coping pretty well. You have to be with 10 wins. Mm. But um, I'm with you, Dan. I reckon this is a winnable game for the Eagles. I'm only basing that on matchups. I think they deliberately rest Kennedy. 
to get him mm. up for this game, knowing that all their tall defenders are out. Yeah. And also having Nick Nat back is the best timing because their ruck stocks are out too. Is it Pitnet out? Yeah, so he's, so, he's yeah. been out for a so while. So their number one ruck who's been out while he's out. So I'm thinking that's where we'll win it. I think two power forwards, you know, Darling's playing the best footy he has the last month this year. Did Cripps is another one that's been playing the best footy this month all year. Um, bringing in a refreshed Josh Kennedy after being rest last week. Um, I think, yeah, our forward line, that's where we've got to win it. You know what I mean? And um, I haven't been this confident going to any game all year, to be D- honest. De Koning's been really good in there, Ruck. He's been very and, good. And um, I think it was uh, Rob, one of our guys that comes on the show every now and then and off Nest TV, he was saying the twins of what <laughs> it gives him the shits and that's the De Koning twins. Mm. Um, they're good players. Um like you said, Cripps, you know, they've got a great midfield. Cripps, Walsh, uh, Doherty goes in there a few times. Hewitt, Fisher, Kennedy, Chera. They've got some good runners. Um, I, I think McKay up forward, Kurnow up forward. Uh, and Durden, when he, he's only a little guy, but when he gets going. I think George Hewitt's the best pickup of any club all year, oh, I, he, I believe. He's yeah, he's just, one of the pickups. He's come from Sydney. Sydney, yep. And he's he's... He's had an enormous year. And the other bloke I'm really impressed with in there is Kennedy. Yeah, Kennedy's a good player. Strong, man. big, strong lad. He's plays not through flashy. The he, he's just hard in there oh, all the time. XGWS player. Yes. Yeah, yep. so they've recruited Another. a few from other clubs' trades. Yep. They recruited but, well. Yeah. But forget about um, when we've had our cattle on the part, you've seen us mm. trying to play a different game style. But forget attacking the corridor and running. What else do you see is our tackling? Now, Carlton's game style, I don't know if you watch a lot, is a very heavy handballing side. Mm. They rack up numbers. So if we bring that tackling pressure, mm. I think that will go a long way to beat them because we don't have a better midfield. And that's what Saint Kilda Their midfield is great, yeah. So, But what you can do is you can pressure that midfield into them, turning it over by hand because yeah. they handball, handball, handball. But if mm. you shut down their next option to handball, then that will result in a turnover. And if we can get it then fall quickly into our forwards with their um, – Depleted backline. That's where I think it is. That's yeah. where I think our, our forwards have to defend well too. Well, because there's one Saad, way you can do that, Dan. Sard, Sard is they rely on Sard and Docky who'd run off that half yeah, back really hard. well. You put an extra person in the stoppages, which Eagles haven't done all year, mm. and that's probably where Richmond probably had a bit on them. They had the, they played two extra. They played one close up and one deep. That's how Richmond play all year. So Eagles can stop that run on play by play and that extra. In the stoppages, and it probably stops the turnovers as much mm. scoring against. So, like like I said, they St Kilda stopped their ham, stopped them doing that. They're poor kicking as well. Carlton's never been great on kicking at goals, and it's cost them a few games. But look, can't underestimate the they, they, they've got belief at the moment. Uh, Vossi is probably going to go down. Him and uh, McRae as the coaches of the year. Oh, I chuck in. Um, I chuck in Frio's coach in there too. Yeah, but I think with Frio getting sidetracked here, they've had more top ten draft picks than any other team in five years. Yeah, but he's they bought, should be playing. He's bought that club on. He should so be playing question. the way they are. Stuart Jew as well. There's been a few coaches that had a great year. He got another two years today, which was great. Yeah. Did he? Yep. Yeah, he got. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, he yeah that's great. I'm so happy for. Oh, him. that that's good for Gold Coast. I mm-hmm. know um, we're getting off tangent, but that's what they needed. Yeah. Uh, to get the monkey off the back, media's off the back. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's good that they backed him in, and we play them in three weeks, I think. Yes. So we and play them up. There we too. play them up there, and they're dung heap. So it's going to be interesting. Like I said, Eagles are there to shape the eight now. They're a different team than they were then in the first 13, 14 games. 
Mm. Um, if we play with the intensity and all that, I, I, I've got us winning. But it's good that JK will kick his 700th goal for the Eagles mm. against the team that he got drafted, uh, traded from. Yeah. And he's always said he sees, you know, he got his 700th against Shudderman in round five, whatever, but he wants to get 700 for the Eagles. Yeah. Because he sees the 11 games that he played for Carlton and the, the amount of goals he kicked with Carlton as a different different phase of his football career. So I think they've orchestrated it pretty good. This could be the second time, last time we see him because I don't know if he's going to be gone on away games. Mm. We've only got two more home games um, and the third one's Frio. So could it be one of the last times we see? Could be. With, uh, I mean... You think of it as his last year, you think you want to play as many games as you can and then... I can't see him taking him to Geelong. No, there's probably no point there. But it'd uh, be interesting, who 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 goes out this week for JK to come in? That's the big question. Well, Yo's out, right? So oh, yes, suppose. Yeah, but Yo, he's half back. Yo's out, so is it just switching around players to mm. positions? Um, he comes in, you're not going to drop any of the forwards from last week. No. Um, do you drop a West mm. for team balance? I don't know. Um, to me, I like to see, I like to see West as a, a run with player. Yeah. Because I think the last couple of weeks, I don't know if it's because he's, I don't know what his role is. Because sometimes he looks lost. Um, I don't know if you guys notice it, but yeah. he just looks lost sometimes. So he'd, I'd love to see him as a run with player. Yeah, I would like. I know we played um, very well against Richmond, but I still would make a couple of changes. West needs a break. And it's very hard because there was no waffle last week to bring players in. Mm. But I would love to see Clark play the West role. Mm. Um, also, I would drop Williams, um, who, you know, go on tandem with Nick Nat. But then that allows Josh Kennedy to come in, play forward. Uh, Rotham, like, isn't the greatest ruck. He's never rucked at AFL, but he did ruck waffle when he rucked very well. But you're just a pinch hitter. You know what I mean? You're not rucking the whole time. So you're there to go yep. in and pinch it. Yep. And then that allows Edwards to come in too mm. because we talked about our forwards. Uh, Colt have very good forwards. I reckon uh, maybe behind Cameron and Hawkins, the two best tall forwards in the yep. comp, in McKay and Kerno. And that can so be I think out. we need that little bit of height as well. Yeah. You know, And they, they can be out of the game for a while and then yeah. bang on three quickly. You know, So, so. if – Barass or Bazo is out of sorts or you want to free Barass up to be a bit more of that intercept marker, which I don't think would do because he's very good at one-on-one, you can add, add Edwards in just because of his height. Mm. I think they need to push McKay up the ground a bit because they're way further away from goal. He's worse. Mm. He's more confident closer to game. Uh, he's got to get that screw kick out of his game because he does it everywhere. Um, like I said, they've got good forwards. Um, it'd be interesting to see they bring in. I'd love to see Cully chugged in. Chuck him in the D bin. Yeah. Just go um, give one of the guys a rest. I don't know. It'd be give Gaffy a rest. He'd have to. Uh, I think if Cully comes in, he'd come in for one of the young guys. I don't think they're going to drop an experienced player for a you know first gamer. It's not going to happen. And yeah, look, it, it's that's where be a rest. West comes in. Yeah. yeah. There's and I've always said this. There's nothing wrong with developing your game at waffle level. It's not no. the end of the world when a young kid is playing at waffle level. Mm. You know what I mean? It's good to go through them a bit so they all get exposed to AFL. And I would love uh, Cully uh, to come in just purely because here's a stat for you. That means we've played every single available player on our list. Because yep. obviously Cole hasn't played this year yeah. in chess, but they're unavailable. Yep. And I don't think 
I can't remember Tammy ever doing that in the competition. That's how yeah. depleted we've I been. think it'd be the record for a number of players played yeah. from one team yeah. if you count all the waffle players as well. It, it would have to be because yep. we had to use a supplement list, yeah. Um, all right. Um, you've already said that we're going to win uh, margin. Well, 17 points. I'll get us by six points. Oh, I'm going to go the unlucky number 13. Mm. Um, and Josh Kennedy to kick five. I like that. And, um, yeah, look, I hope it's a good game. I hope they shape the eight. Uh, they've got St Kilda the week after, I think, is it? Yeah, and then, over there. And then we've got oh, – no, we've got St Kilda here. Oh, have we? Yeah, so who we got next? Must uh, be Gold Coast. Is it Adelaide in Adelaide? No, Adelaide's here, Gold Coast away, Freo away derby and Cats away. Usually when we play Freo away, that we have two weeks at home. Yeah. Oh, we play Hawthorne. I next. think that was uh, right. yeah. Hawthorne at MCG. It was a funny one where I think we had two home. Yeah, we always at the beginning of the year. So yep. weirdly, it'll be two away games, but one of them still at Optus. Yep. So. Um, yep. Hawthorne's in the week after, so we're jumping ahead, and then uh, we have Saints at home, and then Gold Coast away. So there's some winnable games there, Eagles. We don't want to win too many. We want to keep number two, or but again, two or three. Doesn't really make a difference. The top four, you're going to get a good pick. Yeah, it's it's all about pride and the jumper from here on in. Um, if you're not on any of our social pages, uh, get on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, we might go on TikTok soon. I don't know how we're going to do that. Um, <laughs> Legends. Might, that, that might be uh, Dan's domain there. I think it's a bit much even for me. I was going to dance or something for 30 <laughs> seconds, I don't I? Like, hey. um, yeah, we're on all podcasts. Podcast platforms uh, It goes to SoundCloud first So you hear it there first If you want to be the first to hear it Otherwise it's on Spotify iTunes Google There's a hundred of them So um, Tell your friends If you haven't Haven't heard it uh, Jump on our pages And next week Hopefully we're talking about Another win boys No worries Look forward to it yeah, Fingers crossed All right, Go Eagles Go Have a good day Yeah.